Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me is Matt Matera, the one and only, also from PewterReport.com. And we are here to talk a little bit about Bucks Minicamp, which got underway today. You and I got to be in attendance for it, Matt. It was wonderful. Great to be back out on the field. Great to be covering practice with everybody. Well, almost everybody present. We'll get to that in a minute. But it was just a good time down at One Buck Place. Lots of good football going on. It was fantastic. It was tremendous. A very good time. I've been seeing a lot of you lately, John. And uh, I know. It's I'm been great. It. <laughs> That's, I was going to say, we've been on the pod a few times, covered a couple of practices yep. together. Tomorrow, I have to cover it with Scott, who can't even talk. Mm. That's going to be a huge. Right. Well, it might actually be good. I'm be yeah, be hanging out talk. with the mime, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, I called him Black Noir today from uh, from uh, the boys' TV show. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Was, I haven't seen that. So oh, I didn't yeah, seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were sounding off in the group chat, so they understood it and they thought it was funny. So I. Uh, Kudos He's, uh, to you on yeah. that joke that I'm sure a lot of people get. Hopefully people get that joke. If not, they will then they'll be like, what are you talking about? But uh, today we have a special thing to talk about, Matt. Uh, instead of the Celsius drinks that we usually talk about, which are still unbelievable and terrific, we are doing an awesome new promotion today, and it is with these amazing fast energy bars, uh, fast protein bars that we've got for, that, are, uh, that are distributed by Celsius as well. I've got the salted caramel. Not going to lie, it was unbelievable. I did not expect that. And then the white chocolate cookies and cream. Um, they oh, sound really tasty. And oh. of course, Celsius doesn't associate with anything that isn't tasty. I think we know that by now. Uh, they are tasty. Uh, 20 grams of protein, low sugar, low carbs, no GMOs, fast brands, living an active lifestyle is at the core of who they are. And their goal is to support you, a better you, every day. I, again, the, the flavors are white chocolate cookies and cream. Amazing. And this salted caramel peanut butter, peanut crunch, uh, which is probably my favorite actually so far, even though the white chocolate is very, very good. Um, silky smooth layers, uh, the deliciousness of these bars. Uh, I'm about to mind, try it. So. Celsius always nails it with the flavor, so I'm really looking forward to having these bars. Every time Celsius says, they're like, oh, we're going to do this now, and I'm like, I'm not going to like it, and then I'm going to have to lie on here, <laughs> and that's going to be because I'll have a hard time with that. But uh, I've, I just ate one today on the way back from practice. Um, I had one of the uh, salted caramel uh, peanut crunch on the way back from practice. Uh, today and it was great because I had not eaten anything and being out in that heat and you haven't eaten anything it was a dangerous combo Matt I was almost slumped behind the wheel but fast oh, came thank up god clutch. they're giving out water Same shout out to the PR team they're giving yes. out water to everyone absolutely so uh, check out fast today for sure they've got uh, some great stuff going on uh, and those protein bars man killer for sure all right uh, let's talk about this um, let's talk about this practice that went down today they call it Bucks mini camp we've already got a bunch of questions and we'll get to those here uh as well um uh capo wants to know if ab was there yes he was there antonio brown was at practice uh was out there the whole time i think talked to jalen darden and uh and jonathan franklin 
both of whom are also out today. Darden was kind of one of the few surprises that was out. He tweaked, tiny little tweak of his hamstring. Bruce Arians said it was extremely minor, but here's what he said. He said he tweaked very minor tweaked hamstring, but he's never had a hamstring problem. So I'm making sure we don't have any more. I might let him go Thursday. We'll just wait and see. So he may, we may get a glimpse of Darden. He was probably the player most people were people were most excited to watch this week. Yeah. So of course he would tweak his hamstring. But there are yeah, still plenty I, of other good takeaways from this. I day. don't want to say I'm concerned about that because, like they said, he he tweaked it. However, it's something to monitor because the Bucks rookies, especially wide receivers, over the past two seasons have had a history of hamstring injuries. You go back to two seasons ago, Scotty Miller had a hamstring injury in training camp, as did Anthony Nelson. And last year, Tyler Johnson had a hamstring injury as well. And especially with with Scotty and Anthony Nelson, those hamstring injuries really uh, slowed their progress, Mm -hmm. their rookie season. So I'm not saying it's going to be a long-sustaining thing with Darden. Something to monitor because I would hate to have a situation like that. Um, I think that's what Arians is trying to avoid, right? That's right, exactly. Like, now, to go now. back to the Antonio Brown thing, one thing I thought was cool was he was wearing gloves the whole time. So he was still getting in work kind of when, you know. Wasn't he holding the ball too? The ball. He was kind of like holding the ball and talking. To yeah. Him. yeah. And Brown and Darden spoke a lot, uh, especially early on in practice, as you just mentioned, which I thought was cool because you and I talked a lot and there's been a lot more chatter now that, Darden is very, it has a similar game to what Antonio Brown mm-hmm. brings to the table. So it was cool to see the two of them talking together. I assume that Darden was trying to pick the brain of Antonio Brown, kind of like how he took up a lot of information from Jaden Mickens and OTAs the week before. So that was nice to see kind of yeah. Brown take him under his wing. And we'll see right. if Darden can, uh, when he gets on the field, if he can take yeah. whatever Brown told him and bring it to the field. Hopefully, it's a great sign that Darden continues to kind of draw knowledge from everybody around him. You know, if he's absorbing yeah, he's just that, a sponge. he's soaking everything right. up. It's cool to if see. He's absorbing that and able to apply it to the field. It's exciting to think about what he could produce, even even as soon as this season. So, yeah, he was out there. That was one. Well, let's go through the injuries real quick. So, every people who haven't heard, I saw people asking about uh, OJ Howard. Um, OJ Howard was not at. He was one of the two only two players on the roster that we didn't actually see at practice. We didn't see OJ Howard and we didn't see Indomitian Sue. Those are the only guys we didn't know where they were. And then after practice, Aaron's told us, you know, OJ's basically ready. He just is being careful with him, making sure he's at a hundred percent before he goes. I think that's probably smart. That's not an injury you want to mess with. Still mm-hmm. one of the few that kind of can cause issues if that recovery isn't fully completed. So being smart with OJ Howard. And then he said, Indomitian Sue's still working through the wrist. Uh, Sue was at the facility apparently though, because we talked to him right right now. He was the first, uh, first player in media availabilities via zoom that we talked to. So we did get to hear from Sue, which was great, but he wasn't out of practice. So everybody was accounted for on the roster. That's a great start right there in and of itself. We did have the injuries with Antonio Brown, Jonathan Franklin, Jalen Darden were all out. Jordan Whitehead was out as well. And then we mentioned Howard and Sue. I think that's it for the injuries, right? Cause Alex Kappa practiced Tom Brady. Joe Tryon practiced. Was back. Yeah. Joe Tryon practiced. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, and Bruce Aaron said after practice, one of the most encouraging things, Matt, everybody should be ready for training camp. There should be no question about it. The full roster ready to go. That's pretty exciting stuff. Oh yeah. It's great to see. And it was fun because right after individual drills, we went right into the, the team, they essentially split 
the roster where on the right field, it was the starters and the pack, the backup. So pretty much the top two guys on the depth chart at each position. Right. And then the middle field was the, the, you know, third and fourth string type of player. So it was cool. We got, as uh, I believe Rick Strat was saying, good on good to, uh, you know, start with the ones and twos. And it's fun to see. We haven't seen a lot of the starters for a long time. So we saw a lot of very cool battles going on there, like Carlton Davis against Mike Evans. That was one of the, one of the, matchups that really yes. st- stood out to me it's fun to see you know we haven't seen these guys in a while yeah carlton i mean honestly it was a quiet day for mike evans i know some people said heard brady and evans look completely in sync um uh, i mean maybe i don't know i mean it wasn't like they were out of sync but it was a pretty quiet day for evans overall they had the one deep ball carlton davis had him blanketed and yeah. the ball was a little bit overthrown probably but um there wasn't much to to it on, on that rep and then carlton did have a good practice for sure when he was out there there was a lot of reps for some of the younger guys and then i think his practice went on i wasn't like monitoring every snap count for everybody but it seemed like donovan smith and mike evans and maybe a couple others were getting at, pulled out a little bit more often or got it like josh wells had a lot of reps at left tackle today. yeah i was gonna say it looked like especially with the long tenured veterans that the the, the coaching staff was easing their way into mm-hmm. into returning to to practice and especially playing yeah. in in this type of weather right now. So, right. yeah, I mean Evans had a an average day, but you know, it's the first day of OTAs, it's not really anything to freak right. out about. Oh, no, the no. main story was Brady, but yeah, the, the passing the drills and everything that they were doing, most of it was intermediate type of things. There wasn't really many shots down the field and obviously with red zone, you don't really you're not really throwing it that far. It was really right. Brady that was the big story coming out of uh, minicamp today. Right, yeah. Just the fact that he looked as good as he did. I mean, the ball barely hit the ground. Uh, we mentioned it in our practice report that people can check out and read. But, yeah, he was just so crisp and uh, movement and everything. Just didn't look – no hesitancy. Not that we thought there would be. It's just always good when you get to that age. You never know how the body's going to respond to a surgery, especially when you haven't yeah. had many. And um, So it was – yeah, it was something definitely to look for. and. He just continues to impress, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the the beginning of practice was crazy, and then the red zone portion of practice, he was just carving it up. Um, he looked really, really smooth, clean. The release, the ball speed. I can't believe the speed on the ball, the velocity, some of those window throws, those tight windows that we were talking about. I mean, he had an out route to Gronk. I think it was an out. It was Gronk finished the route by the sideline. Yeah, he was over was by the sideline. Right, and and he kind of just fit this thing in there as Winfield was closing, and it might have been a big collision in a game, but. Even just to get the ball in there, like that, it was like twenty yards downfield. Um, it was just a, a zipped. Um, yeah, yeah, for me, that was the highlight of, of all of his throws and everything. Because when we split up with the red zone, I was looking at more of the the second, the third, and fourth string guys, and you were looking more mm-hmm. at the the first and second string. So I only caught a glimpse of the Giovanni Bernard touchdown that you were talking about. But yeah, I I said in the in the practice report, which as you said, go read on PeterReport.com. I said that if you had spent this off season. You didn't know that Tom Brady had knee surgery. You wouldn't even think at all that he was a guy that oh, yeah. had a, had an operation like that. Like he looked right. almost like the same exact guy that we saw going into training camp last year, which is a great sign for the box that there's literally no drop off at all. And you see it sometimes, especially with older players that there is a difference, but I mean, his arm was strong as ever that pass to Gronk was great. He was accurate. And it's one thing to be accurate in warmups and things like that, but I thought it was so interesting, too, um, as we talked about. He was working with Evans and Godwin, but he was hitting it off well with Giovanni Bernard, which I'm sure Bucks fans are super excited to see that because Bernard's going to be the main third-down guy and, and two-minute drill running back because of what he brings into the receiving game. 
Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome too. I mean, he was building camaraderie with Tyler Johnson and Jaden Mickens to the yep. point that Mickens and Brady were like dapping it up after, and they mm-hmm. were they were talking about everything they that they had just went through in that practice. And that was great to see that Brady is working with literally everyone they caught on the team. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was playing favorites or anything and just going yep. with the guys that he's most familiar with. I think Brady is going to be an advocate for Mickens, not necessarily like saying Brady will go, oh, you can keep him on the roster, whatever, but. I think he just, I mean, guys like that that bring the energy every practice, right? I mean, Mickens just is one, he's one of the loudest guys on the team. He brings that energy every single rep is 110%. The dude does not know what it means to take a player or rep off. I mean, he just, yeah, he just goes hard all the time. You know, everything he does is energetic, it's active, it's loud. It's, you know, he just has that swagger to him. And I think that, plus his ability, he's a good receiver. He gets open, he catches the football. I mean, yeah, he'll have some drops here and there. On athletic limitations to to Mickens at times, but this is a guy that can definitely play. There's no question about that. Um, and Brady would trust him, I think, too. I remember that Chicago game; he targeted him, or this is a Giants game. I'm sorry, yeah, he targeted Giants. him, targeted him a ton in that game. And so, but I I don't think he's going to say, "Oh, he's better than our other guys." But I just think he's like, "Let's find a way to keep this guy around if we can." I think the Bucks feel the same way. I, you know, what do you do today? He caught a, a short pass, and again, first day of mini camps. <laughs> Nobody's really feeling they're running a few steps and then they go back to the huddle. He caught like a short pass down at like his own 30, 40 yard line and just sprints all the way, sprints like all the way to the end zone. Like and nobody else did. Right. He and like was like, nobody touched I, me. He was like, yeah. I got to make these guys work. And he was like screaming it. And nobody's even around him. Like only people listen to him are probably media. I don't think any teammates were even looking at him at that yeah. point. He's just kind of doing his like hey, it's he just gets not himself juiced up. Exudes that type of confidence that mm-hmm. he brings. But I think there's something to be said about that. You know, there's certain players that think so highly of themselves, which is great because right. if you come into a game and you're not confident, then you already lost the game. But mm-hmm. Mickens is a guy you never have to worry about that. Right. It's true. He definitely has that that edge to him that I think everybody just really likes him on this team. Um, and I think that they'll do whatever they can to keep him in the picture. If they have the practice squad option, you know, that'll be great, obviously. But uh, right now it looks like the the battle to get on the active roster is going to be a steep one for him. Um, you know, no Darden today, no AB meant increased reps for him. And this was interesting. And I think it, we didn't talk about it when we were practice, Matt, but I thought about it afterward with the ones and the twos on the right field was Mickens with the threes and the fours on the left field or on the middle field there was Justin Watson. Clearly, Jaden Mickens has moved ahead of Justin Watson as a wide receiver. Watson is at this point definitely an afterthought at receiver, I would say. I would have been very curious to see where Jalen Darden was. Also would have been curious to see, you know, if Darden was back, would would Mickens have bumped over or would they both have stayed with the, you know, so we'll maybe we'll find that out on Thursday if they continue to do do things kind of that way at practice. But um, yeah, I am I am very excited about what Darden could be, obviously, but it definitely seems like right now Justin Watson is the guy. You know, Tyler Johnson again. He's a, he's with Brady and those guys. Seems like Justin Watson is the guy trying to make his way uh, back into those. You know, that remember he was in that competition for wide receiver four a year ago. You know, to, mm-hmm. or wide receiver three. I'm sorry, a year ago with Scotty Miller. Now it's just kind of been passed up by everybody, basically. Uh, and he wasn't obviously active for the Super Bowl either. Now here's the catch, you know, Justin Watson is the best special teamer. We've said that, um, and he's one of all those guys, and he's one of the be- you know better ones on the team, honestly. And and it's a team that needs to probably replace some guys, and he's one of the guys I felt like watching all their their covered punt and coverage and kickoff coverage this past year. 
he was one of the better guys, one of the more reliable, consistent guys. They're leading tackler in that area. But and I don't even know if we're probably not allowed to print this, but like he wasn't out there for the first punt team. Let's say that um, that they ran. Now it's first punt team of minicamp. So it doesn't mean that he won't get out there. But definitely losing Andrew Adams, one of those wings. I thought he'd be at one of those wing spots, and he was not. Uh, he wasn't out there for the first punt team. Now, he's not been a gunner, really, but maybe there were no gunners today. It was punt block kind of scenario. So we'll see what ends up happening with gunners um, for them, uh, for the Bucks. But, yeah, that's that's something that they're going to have to take a long look at at that position. But Watson is kind of trying to find his role. And just going off literally the first day of minicamp, it seemed like he is kind of that eighth guy right now and he's going to have to work his way up. Yeah, and he didn't even really have too much of an impact. You would think if he's going to be on that middle field with the threes and fours, that he would be like the guy as the three three and four mm-hmm. crowd, but he really wasn't in that sense. He, he had a drop, had, didn't he, and, and, and maybe something yeah, else. Yeah, so he had a drop that led to a Grant Stewart interception. Oh, uh, the Cal yeah. Yeah, there's uh, two interceptions on the day. It was Ross Cockrell actually picked off Tom Brady and Grant Stewart picked off a trash throw, but it wasn't on Trask at all. It was completely on. Right. That's the second ball. time in a couple of days. Trask has had that happen. Bucks bucks actually tweeted out a th- Trask throw that went off. I think it was Cody McElroy's hands and it was intercepted by uh, Terrence Brooks, I think, <laughs> or not Terrence Brooks. I'm sorry. Nate Brooks and Nate Brooks ran it back and everybody in the comments is just thrashing Kyle Trask. I mean, I was like, what are you, did Sometimes you guys you watch the win. play? It was a, clearly a drop. I'm no Trask advocate or anything, but that was wild. And then the same thing happened today. Um, somebody said Brady got picked. Yeah, Brady did get picked today. It was Ross Cockrell that picked him. Something happened on that play. It was like a weird play. Like, do you say Ross Cockrell, like, maybe lined up on the wrong side? Yeah, so he started out he on the left recovered. side. Like, right before the ball got snapped, he immediately started sprinting over to the right side. And it wasn't the sprinting over, like, trying to follow, you know, a receiver in motion, motion or running back in motion. It was like a frantic, like, oh, I'm out of position type of thing. But the huh. way that the play was designed, and I'm not, like, giving away anything here, but yeah. Brady was throwing short to the sideline. So it just kind of worked out that the target Brady was going for Cockrell was able to cut across yeah, at that. full speed and, at the snap. Yeah, right. and, and yeah, and he was already in full stride. Yeah. So it was kind of like, obviously, it was it was a mistake on the interception, but uh, it was kind of just like the right play. place, right time. You you got yeah. locked out by that, right? Yeah, it's interesting. That happens sometimes in the first couple of days of practice, the timing and everything down. But yeah, defense is always pumped up to get turnovers for sure. Not not a ton of them today, but as Capo asks, how are the running backs? Oh, it was a vintage running back start to the day uh, for the box. You had Leonard Fournette on his first two reps. He made a great like twisting catch and caught a ball behind him. Then like one of, one of the next couple reps for him, he just drops a pass right through his hands. Ronald Jones dropped a pass right after that. Then Keyshawn Vaughn dropped one right after that. Mm-hmm. Giovanni Bernard didn't drop any. So that's how the running back room Did went. Did Giovanni Bernard already win the third town roll on the first day of minicamp? <laughs> he might have, dude. It was, I mean, I don't think those guys did like that bet. Like, I think they only had one drop, maybe. Maybe, maybe somebody had another one. I can't remember one. I don't think they dropped one in team. And Geo did look like one went through his hand in the team period. It was a far pylon for me late, but he kind of like slapped his hands together and was like punched the ground on the end of the rep. But it was good coverage by Javon Hagen. Um, on the play too so there was some layers to it maybe but those guys those drops were on air early on for for rojo and Keyshawn vaughn and, and leonard um, and they were all like boom 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 right after one right after the other but they did seem to clean it up other than that um you know so we'll see i mean there were lots of reps on air with quarterbacks and running backs early on and those were the only three drops i saw when i was watching so 
hopefully those guys all keep getting better. I think Gio's pretty obviously the guy, and he got seemed like he got a lot of work down in the red area when they were doing the goal to go and and that those type of situations seemed like Gio was it was all past stuff. I think but it seemed like yeah. Gio was getting a lot of a lot of reps in that area of the field. Yeah, they seem to establish that pretty quickly that Bernard is going to be the guy that's going to get all the reps and and targets as far as the running back goes. I will say in uh, in the defense of Vaughn that when it came to the red zone session of the practice, I thought he played very well. He cleaned some things up. He made some good catches on the run out to the sideline, and he had a he had a nice touchdown reception too. It was interesting because Trask, as we know, is a Florida Gator, but it was Tim Tebow whose move was the jump pass. And Trask ended up doing a jump pass and um, Vaughn was on the receiving end of it, but he had to like dive towards the middle to make the catch. It was a great play all around, but uh, I I did think Vaughn definitely cleaned it up as practice went on. So I just want to give him credit for that. He was able to bounce back from that. And it was almost a a highlight reel type of reception. So he definitely deserves a shout out for that. So that's good. No, it's always good to hear what's going kind of going on with Vaughn. I think at this point in time, there's a lot of eyes on him, obviously. Uh, Garrett Washington says, how did Kappa look coming off surgery? Back to Pro Bowl form. That's a, a great joke on the Pro Bowl. Kappa led Pro Bowl voting at the, at the right guard position. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, inexplicably. That um, Kappa was fine today. I mean, we. I to be honest, I really barely watch O-line because there's so little to be – I have no idea how physical they're being without pads. You know, D-lines, yeah, they're teeing off. They're trying to get in yeah. and show off. I have no idea what kind of resistance O-line's putting up during team period. And, and run period, forget it. Like, I have no clue. So I barely watch O-line other than to see where they line up. I did notice, though, Vita Vea kind of forklifted Kappa back into the backfield on one play. And it was it was a rough ride for for the for the guard um, I, there. I did not think that that was his best rep. But again, I, I just don't know what kind of resistance they're putting up. D line always is going harder than O line in those drills. So hard, right? For and me it's to difficult for anyone to block Vita Vea. You yeah. know, it's not just like a, a, a right. situation specific to Kappa. And right. Kappa even said it when he spoke with us after practice that. I, I mean, it was just a great thing for him to be out there, which I think is most important for, for your question, Garrett mm-hmm. Washington. But um, he's, he did say, speaking to, to us after that, because he got injured late in the season, he had all the offseason to recover. And because of that, he was able to go slowly one step at a time and to ease his way into recovering. So I think – right. You know, obviously he's fully recovered now, but there's still that kind of like getting back into football shape with recovering from the injury at the same time. But overall, just his presence being out there, I think, was super important. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Did want to mention our friends over at Locker Room. Tonight we will be live on Locker Room. It's going to be some good stuff. We'll get into some more of the nitty-gritty about practice and just some roster thoughts in general on the Bucs. And we'll talk about this Rogers situation, too. We'll keep unpacking it if people have questions about it. But social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports it's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes rumors news and teams you care about react to sports news as it happens gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games rep your favorite teams and find your community better sports talk is just a tap away download on the apple app store and join the conversation with locker room today Here's one of the funniest things from from today was just Alex Kappa talking to the media after, and it's always hilarious for a couple. Howdy, reasons. I think one he yes, with, right? howdy always starts with two. It's th- because I always think of when Trevor 
was at the Trevor Sycamore was at the combine was at Kappa's podium and took a picture of Kappa and then took a picture of the sloth from Zootopia and <laughs> tweeted them both next to each other. And it was just incredible because it was so spot on how much how similar they looked. So I always think of that. But then I also just his way. I mean, I tweeted this kind of jokingly after, but Kappa's definitely the kind of dude that would like take a bullet for somebody and then just be like, Ah, uh, you know, like it wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, I'm just kind of big. So I think I was in the way of the gun when it, you know, like that's how he would, we asked him about like not giving up. Somebody asked him about not giving up a sack this past season. And I think Mark asked him and, and what that meant to him or whatever. And he was like, oh, I think Brady deserves a lot of credit for that. Like, <laughs> he was just like I'm not really even that good, but he, he said a lot of hard work goes into it, but he was like, I mean, obviously Brady goes in. He's just very realistic and like, doesn't, yeah, Kappa actually him. opened up a little more than he normally does in, in his press conferences today. Like he was elaborating on things. Normally he's kind of just like quick and to the point, but today yeah. I I thought he gave really good insight too about when he got injured in the playoff game against the Saints and he was like, "I was just mad that the refs blew the whistle and it cost us a timeout." And that right. kind of goes back to what you're saying about that he'd take a bullet for the team. Uh, he's a very team first oriented guy oh, yeah. and um really tough player too. I remember when he tried playing with like a broken arm as well. I mean, this guy will pretty much play at all costs. It doesn't matter like where he's injured. If he can play, if they can tape it up, whether it's his ankle or whatever injury he has, this guy is going to play. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's he, again, I think it's one of those situations people are talking about in the chat, but the wealth of, of depth at positions and things like that really matter as well. Um, but the Bucks seem like they – I thought just for the first day, man, they just felt like they hit the ground running to the max. I think you could get that. Sometimes you know when a coach is blowing smoke and just you know talking good in front of the media. I think Arians was a little bit surprised at how crisp they were today. I mean, things just moved so well, and probably because he's used to just regular first day of minicamps, and this is his first minicamp with Tom Brady because, remember, they didn't have him last year. Yeah. Really, and Even if they had, Brady was still learning everything. Um, now it's just like a totally different experience on offense for him, you know, with Byron and Brady knowing each other and the cohesiveness and just felt like, I mean, Gabbert looked pretty good when he was in there. Like there was no doubt he, he threw the ball well today. I mean, he's not nearly as accurate as Brady. You can tell it pretty quickly. You can tell it when they throw on air, that's always going to be Gabbert's big thing, ball location, accuracy. But I mean, he fit in some tight window throws today uh, and, and it made guys look good as well. So uh, it was just all around just a really crisp, uh, practice I felt like one mistake I did see one pe- Rob Gronkowski had a huge false start uh, I mean like several steps before he realized what was going on and it got some people laughing he literally ran back reset lined up ran down threw a juke on some, one of the safeties or whatever got open caught a touchdown <laughs> right and people were still laughing about his false start and he was already in the end zone catching a touchdown it was like vintage Gronk even when he makes people laugh makes a dumb mistake or whatever he comes back and catches a touchdown right away yeah another funny thing about Gronk too is when in these types of practices when he catches the ball he'll make like sound effects too when he's yeah or whatever like you're like pow and (laughs) stuff like that he makes these little (laughs) sounds when he's when he's uh when he's on the go you know that's just typical Gronk and the, the people everyone knows and loves. But another thing about Gronk too, that some of us were talking about, he looked like he trimmed down. He looks a lot. Oh slim. yeah. I very much agree with you. I, I think he looks great. Um, just the way he moved it. He just, I thought he looked great today. I thought he looked 
I don't think he ever has like most of his career. He's looked like a little bit lumbering, but yeah. it hasn't mattered. It's never mattered. So let's not make anything right. out of it. I just thought today he looked really smooth and explosive as light as I've seen him. I think just being back in it for a year, you know, and, and probably this is probably the lightest he's ever played at. I mean, think a couple of years ago, Patriots probably had him be go play heavier. And then last year with the Bucs, he was talking about cutting down. And then you know, now he's in this you know Brady system thing. I'm sure he's working really closely with those guys. The Bucs have kind of like welcomed in TV. Like TB12, come in and do your thing and work your magic and get these guys reps right. And I think he just looks – I thought he just looked great today. So we'll see how he – uh, goes obviously his practice kind of unfolds over the next few days. Somebody Capo says he heard that the D line today was was great. Uh, Vita Vea was unstoppable today. Again, like I'm not sure what I, I don't tend to watch O line D line too much during the team sessions, um, just because without pads it's really difficult to say who's actually uh, been being successful. They were getting we, their hands up. I was going to say yeah. Scrimmage. I'll say that because uh, Anthony Nelson and Will Golson both had pass breakups today, just knocking yeah. the ball down at the line. So big, big you know, they're, working on, they're working on what they can work on in right. these non-padded practices. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mitch wants to know, is there a Stinney and Kappa competition at guard? No. Kappa's the guard for sure. Stinney, yeah. good good to have him. Good depth guy. but Kappa's Great depth, the guy. but not a competition. Right. right. Um, so Corey wants to know, is this team going to have to trade between J Watt and Mickens or to have to decide between J Watt and Mickens? Um, it might be, it might be, or it might be neither of those guys, to be honest, if they only keep six, uh, you know, one of those guys makes it if they keep seven, maybe, you know, Mickens, we should mention he has experience on special teams. He's been a gunner for this team. He's been on kick coverage for this team. So, you know, he, he does have that experience. I don't know that I would say he was like noteworthy at that. He's, He's a small wide receiver trying to be a tackler. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, it, usually when you got the good wide receivers on special teams, they're like bigger guys. You know, the Matthew Slater types. Um, you know, they're guys that can physically you know, get do some work, and 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 he can he has that tackle radius. You know, and you know just to give people a memory because Mickens didn't play a ton of special team snaps, but he was the gunner on the first Saints punt return uh, in the in the playoff game when they had the nice return. And obviously a bunch of things went wrong there, but he did miss the tackle on, on uh, Deontay Harris. And that's a smaller return guy and he didn't get him down. So, you know, again, it's small sample size, but that's really all you have. I mean, Jay Watt yeah. only had like four tackles and he was the leading tackle on special team. So it's not always, you're not going to get a million tackles in today's day and age. You got to make the ones that count that you do because uh, there's just hardly any returns. Um, and so, yeah, I just I'm not sure what's going to happen with Mickens, but that part of his it's, game probably deserves a nod. It's one of those questions that we can't really give an educated answer until we see one or two preseason games, and we're like, oh, okay, they have Watson lined up over here, right. and Mickens lined up over here, and they're giving Mickens an opportunity at Gunner. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that we're not really going to be able to find out right away. Right. And I know we were probably, uh, people are like, what about Joe Tryon? He pressed practice for the first time. We're bearing the lead. Well, we'll talk about Joe Tryon in a second here, but first wanted to make sure that we didn't go any further without mentioning our good friends over at Briar Greaves Insurance. You don't stay in business for over 30 years if you aren't doing something right. Briar Greaves does a lot of things right, but none more than giving exceptional personal service to their insurance customers. We all need insurance, whether it's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff are the best in the area and big Bucks fans. It will literally take you 10 minutes to get a quote or compare your current policy, and that 10 minutes could turn into hundreds of dollars in savings. Don't wait. 
Call Briar Greaves today at 813-876-4166 and find out how much money you can put back in your pocket. 30 years in the business and buck season ticket holders. Call Briar or Sam today. That's 813-876-4166. All right, Joe Tryon, I mean, let's, let's be honest with the people. There isn't necessarily a ton to glean from these. Again, Guys are, are not going 110% on the offensive line. Uh, we are not going to make more out of stuff than, than what's there just to make you feel better about the first-round pick after day one. We'll see how things go. I will say this. He dropped into coverage a lot today because as part of these drills in the seven-on-sevens, they had those guys doing those things. It's obviously a big part of playing outside linebacker for the Bucks and Todd Bowles' defense, and I thought he just looked great, um, just really smooth, not as out of control as he was in college. That was the first thing I noticed. In college, I just felt like he was always kind of over-aggressive and getting himself off balance and false stepping and just kind of – he just looked very fluid, like he knew where his points were and he was getting to them and breaking on the football. And so it was good stuff. I didn't see him get targeted at all. Um, they didn't do any one-on-ones, backs on backers, coverage stuff. I think he will he might end up being involved in those when they happen. I'm not sure. Um I thought as a pass rusher, energy was there, pad level was there, um, but it's really hard to tell whether you, you, you win or not in these drills. It just is, you know. It's not you don't, you're not going to have the opportunity to like work like you will at training camp, and we'll be able to. Yeah, like you one, can't tell whether awesome. like all you could say really is that okay, he was behind Shaq and JPP, which was expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moved very well in the individual drills, but again, like you're running on air, you can't mm-hmm. really say whether or not he won his battles against the offensive tackle, like if he was going to rush the quarterback. I will say, though, that uh, Bruce Arians was very happy with them. His quote after the... um, He was pumped. I'm sorry? He was pumped about it, Bruce Arians. His quote after practice was, um, he's full speed now, and he looked really, really good. He's obviously everything we thought he was. Obviously, we'll learn more in pads, but he's slippery in shorts, and a lot of guys aren't. He showed some really good skill set. So, you know, he was promising, but again, I'm slippery until the pads are on. It's a good start. Right. No, I agree with you. It's it's about all you can glean at this point in time. There was certainly nothing negative. He lined up on the left and right side today. I don't yeah. know if we're allowed to say that or not, but he lined up on the left and right side. Anthony Nelson switched around too. Cam Gill got out there. He got some reps on the on the team one and on the on the one and two field. So he's still competing out there. There, I think they want to give Cam Gill a good look. Obviously, more for you know competition for Nelson than I think than for than for uh, Tryon, obviously, but I think that they're going to give yeah. him a chance to, to to play with the number two defense too, maybe in rotation. But all five of those guys, I think, will get it with obviously Barrett and JPP first team. But uh, I think we'll get their reps, especially JPP if they have him on some pitch count as, as he's older and he's had some injuries in the past. Um, you know, maybe those guys get some reps and and you see Gill running with some second team D. I'm sure JPP is going to get his fair share of maintenance days in training camp. <laughs> And so oh, yeah. Gam Gill is going to have a big shot to make the team too. And, and it might be over Anthony Nelson. It might be as a fifth outside linebacker and they only keep four inside linebackers and five corners and four safeties. I mean, we don't know how it's going to shake out. It's basically going to come down to special teams. Obviously Gill and Nelson played a ton of special teams last year. So Tryon would have to be ready to replace one of those guys or somebody else would have to be ready to place one of those guys if they don't both make the roster. So something to think about. Um, Gill was the, left tackle on punt team and one of the inside like what do they call them i don't know f3 or something like that on the kickoff team or whatever they call them 
but he was the, one of those inside guys in the kickoff team. Thought he really struggled on kickoff team, by the way. Well, which, by the way, if you're interested in this special team stock, go check out Buck's briefing. It's up over at the homepage at pewterreport.com. Yeah, check it out. I wrote about the kickoff coverage. I knew whatever I wrote for this morning was going to have like a four-hour lifespan before minicamp coverage just totally blew it out of the water. So I picked <laughs> kickoff coverage because I thought, you know what? Whoever's going to read about that is going to click it right away. And then whoever isn't, isn't going to kick a, read about it at any point ever after that. So, but there's actually really cool stuff in there, including the Bucks being the worst kickoff coverage unit ever last season. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, you can go over to the article and check it out. Cause it's uh, it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. There's some interesting numbers and stats in there. Everybody wants to know how Cal Trask was uh, Matt. Uh, you watched him more than I did probably, although I have some thoughts too, but wow. What do you think of Trask today? I thought Trask played well. I wouldn't say he was like over the top insane, but I thought he was solid for his, his first practice with everyone there. Granted, mm-hmm. he wasn't throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Gowan, which there was one play in the red zone where he threw it. It was a great pass to the corner, the back left corner of the end yes, zone. I remember. And uh, it was to Cyril Grayson. Mm-hmm. And it was a great pass, but Grayson was just out of bounds by a step or two. Yep. And I couldn't help but think, Oh, man, like if he's throwing to Mike Evans, that's a touchdown right there. Mm. Or if he's throwing to Godwin, that's a touchdown. I thought Trask got a lot better as practice went on Um, to go back to the the red zone again. The defense started out doing a good job, just making sure everyone was covered and Trask Mm. really had to wait and wait and wait. But then I thought Trask did a great job of getting the ball out quick. And he had one play in particular. It was a scenario where it was fourth down. So no matter what, you had to throw the ball. And he had this great pass over the middle to uh, Josh Pearson. Mm-hmm. And he had to throw it a little high to get it away from the defender. But it was like purposely thrown that way. Mm-hmm. And Pearson got up and caught it, scored the touchdown on the, on this fourth down. I really thought he read the field very well and got it out quickly and on time. And I think he's getting better every single day. So another yeah. encouraging practice. I thought he was better than Ryan Griffin. I thought Griffin had a couple uh, missed throws there, especially down the field to the the tight ends on the right-hand side. Yeah. And um, not that Griffin was bad. I just, I thought Trask was a little bit better. And um, overall, yeah, I I thought it was another good practice, another building block that he can keep moving towards to get better. Yep, I agree. Well said. Uh, somebody said, what's up? Wayne wants to know what's up with Sue. He has a wrist still. I don't think we knew about that until today, by the way. Did no, we? yeah, that, that was the first that time was, yeah, that we know. really heard anything. Right. Bruce Arians mentioned it, but Bruce Arian in some He said he doesn't. Yeah, he's a longtime veteran. He doesn't yeah, really. He, yeah. <laughs> he was like, Sue? Oh, yeah, he wasn't here. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah he's uh, he took <laughs> Our starting over tackle? Yeah, defensive yeah. line when Vita Vea got hurt. Yeah, he'll be okay. It was definitely funny to see Bruce's reaction. So he literally doesn't lose any sleep. But some coaches just want everybody out he there. He doesn't us, which I really yeah. appreciate. No, he doesn't. Yeah, listen, he the really guy's is. been in the league for over 10 years. Like, he's right. fine, you know? Mitch, Mitch wants to know what, uh, how much more money Bruce is making. Uh, and we don't know the answer to that. And we probably won't know the answer to that. But that's okay. Um let's see oh uh how how low are odds that geno adkins joins bucks nation you know he still hasn't been signed by anyone matt that's kind of crazy there's actually a good number of people richard sherman still hasn't been signed. i mean there's guys that will legitimately make a difference as starters on a team that have not been signed yet um and they might not be signed they probably won't be until training camp once you get to this point so 
yeah, I don't think that there's any chance Geno Atkins joins the Bucks unless there's an injury. Um, That's what I was point. thinking. There has to be an injury for a signing like yeah. that. Right. That would be my guess. Um, also, I know that Sue wasn't there and they were probably, um, but I'm trying to think if he jumped anybody. I'm not sure. But I definitely saw Khalil Davis out there with the number twos on defense at one point. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know whether he yeah, means well, the, he's the problem is the defensive line when they're doing individual drills, uh, yeah. they're all the way on the other side of the field. So I distinctly remember him hitting the one man sled and he hit it very well. <laughs> but um yeah, he was out there, he was participating. Yeah, that's like we can say, right? right? <laughs> I'm not sure where he's at in the hierarchy of things, but I thought he just looked on the hoof. I thought Khalil Davis looked great, like just his frame. Like, I don't know what, again, I wasn't physically at practices last year and he barely played in games. So maybe he looks yeah. the same as he did, but I he think he just looked, training camps last he's year. He's filled out. Like he was a, game. he was a lighter D tackle and, and he just looks the part now at least. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Bucks have done a great job of physically kind of transforming guys uh, a lot of the time. Um, Wayne once says, Pat's fan here in Boston area. Do you Bucks fans realize how great a chance you have to repeat First yes, of all, I think let's we go do for win. two. Let's go for two. More repeat. <laughs> Don't yeah. do this. Don't do this. We can't say run it back, can we, Matt? Right, right. Oh, yeah. We're all losing our minds over right, running back. Yeah. Um, no, I think we do realize it, Wayne. I mean, at least I don't know. The fans can probably speak for themselves. Um, I think everybody realizes it. I would guess it with fans because the Bucks um don't have the same history that New England or Pittsburgh or Green Bay or some of these other franchises have that maybe there's a little bit of Oh, we are waiting to see what can go wrong. Um, but Pete Prisco said something today on Twitter. He said, this Bucks team is better than they were a year ago. I don't know if they're going to win it all, but they're a better team right now than they were a year ago. Uh, I don't know how much today Pete watched or saw, but I definitely felt like, because I know Pete was there, but I definitely felt like there was just a, a hardworking confidence about the practice. I, hate, I don't know why I do these things, but you definitely get vibes from practices. Like, I know how many years have I been at the senior bowl and the senior bowl is typically practices are run by the teams picking at the top of the draft, right? That return everybody mm -hmm. to their staff. So the teams that aren't undergoing a coaching change that pick at the top of the draft, a lot of times those are not the best staffs. And a lot of the times the practices reflect that and the temperament of practices reflect that. And you just get a feeling that the vibe of practice is off at a lot of these senior bowls, you know, and there's a lot of moving parts. I'm not saying it's all in the teams. These people are all new and you're trying to teach them NFL vernacular and stuff. I get that there's some difficulty to it, but you know, so you had, you do get a sense for vibes and feelings of practices. I covered the Steelers for years you know, they were not, I would say, always the most consistent group practice to practice, but their best was amazing. And then that's what they look like in games. And I just felt like today's practice, I, you know, Tyrion Arian say about how good it was. And you could even cap it when we asked him. He was like, actually, I thought today was really, really good. Um, I think today they just hit their stride and they played really, really, really well. It was a good crisp practice for sure. And so I think that if that can continue and that can keep being built all the way up until the season, yeah, I think there's a real chance the Dallas Cowboys run into a buzzsaw week one. And I'd not say the Bucs aren't going to have bumps in the road and games that are closer than they should be, but this should be the best team in the NFL this year. I mean, at least them in Kansas City, in my opinion. I mean, certainly you would you know, be okay if it were a top three or four team. I don't think they're, you know you lose a regular season game here or there that you shouldn't, but I don't think there's any question this is the best team in the NFC. And, and we know what's happened with Julio already and this Aaron Rodgers situation, he was a no-show today at minicamp yeah. for the Packers. Does not seem like it's going away, Matt. And so 
that's probably the Bucks' top competition. If you're telling me they don't have Rodgers, then they're probably not even a playoff team. I would just say it's so, so valuable for this team that they brought everyone, obviously they brought everyone back, but the fact that they already have a year under their belt, where they won a Super Bowl, by the way, they have a year under their belt of playing with everyone. Now the intangibles really come into play where you already know what the other guy is doing and you don't even need to think about it. You know where that guy's going to be. And it doesn't matter if it's Devin White and Levante David or Ali Marpet and Donovan Smith or Brady throwing to Chris Godwin or Gronk or someone like that. The fact that they're already a year ahead, they're the same talented team with the same talented players with just another year where they understand everything better. You're just adding yep. more fuel to what is already a dominant juggernaut. And I don't think that could be overlooked. The fact that the just understanding your teammates without even having to say anything that takes a lot of time for teams. And they were able to do that in one season right. and with no OTAs and things like that. And as far as like the original question, this is why for box fans, Root for them however you want to, but just mm -hmm. enjoy the moment too because things like this do not happen all the time. So just right. enjoy it while you're in it. And you're in the, in the middle of it right now. You had it last year. You're going to have it this season. And with Brady back next year, you're most likely going to have it next year as well. Mm -hmm. So just enjoy the moment and be thankful for this camaraderie and this front office as able to bring everyone back because right. it's great to see. And just the, the, the team chemistry and camaraderie is something that can't be overlooked. Right. And let's not say there aren't some questions. I mean, how this young secondary comes together in a year where everybody's going to be trying to yeah, throw the ball <laughs> all game. Right. It's it's there's going to be some questions. You know what? What becomes of Devin White? Is this development continue to rise from what we saw in the playoffs? That would be incredible. Um, but there is also this aspect of it, Matt, that not only do the Bucks have this incredibly talented team, it's also the people that they have in place, like at every level, like from coach and coordinator to, to quarterback and Tom Brady, to Levante David, to Sue, you know, they have, it doesn't mean that when, even if you took talent out of the picture, I think they just have terrific leadership and people in those places. And I think that that really, really matters too. We've seen really talented teams get put together and then not accomplish kind of the, right. the expectation. And I think the difference in why the Bucs were able to bring it together, it wasn't just about talent. There were other teams that were really talented last year too. It was about the fact that they had the kind of leadership, consistency, um, ability to respond to adversity that they had as a group last season. I think that's only going to be emboldened and grow even more this season. So, yeah, I think everything's obviously on the table in front of them. You know, the Super Bowl is the goal. There's no question about it. Every team's going to say that. It only means the it's only real reality for about eight teams every year. Uh, that's just the way that it is. And so. Um, it's definitely something that Bucks fans are thinking a lot about. A couple questions real quick to wrap it up here. Um, uh, Lawrence wants to know, $5 Super Chat. We appreciate that, Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rams and 49ers will beat each other up, leaving the NFC wide open for the Bucks. People always say this. I always, never quite know what it means. <laughs> Teams are gonna in the division are going to play each other hard. I mean, beat each other up. Are they going to literally just injure each other while they're out there? You know, like. <laughs> The, I mean, the Bucs are going to play tough teams, too, that are going to leave yeah. them beat up, and they're going to have to play some games without you throw people. the Seahawks in there as well, too. I know they, yeah. they've taken a step back, and we've talked about that on previous podcasts. Right. But 
I right. think you can put them in too. Yeah, Seahawks are still in that mix. I mean, there's still plenty of good teams in the NFC, but uh, on the Bucks level, I, you know, I don't know that I see that quite as much. So, yeah, the Rams and 49ers, I mean, they'll probably give each other some out, you know, an L here or there, and we'll see which one of those two ends up better. 49ers already suffered two season-ending injuries to two of their key depth pieces, uh, Tavarius Moore, a defensive back, and Justin School, their backup tackle. Um, so those are losses for them. You know what the 49ers and injuries, it's like uh, yeah. every year. So. Um, that's going to be a factor in all of this, I'm sure, as 49er injury concerns again. Jack wants to know anything from the safeties. Sa- safety four seems pretty open right now. I would say that it is. Javon Hagan, uh, again, I thought he looked pretty good today. Bruce has talked about how explosive he's looked. I agree with him completely. Um, and then I also say that Raven Green had a pass breakup today and almost broke up another one coming off his guy to, to make a play, a kind of a late throw from Blaine Gabbard. I think some guys thought the rep was over maybe a little bit, um, but – yeah, so he looked good today too. I thought good things from from both of those guys today. You don't always get a ton from the safeties when you're like today was short intermediate passing, right? Like right. for the most part, there weren't a lot of deep throws today. Um, so we'll learn more kind of as the week goes on. I think with those guys. Um, let's see, we got a couple more to wrap it up. Uh, I don't know. I think we we kind of we kind of covered all the bases. I'm trying to think if we covered any themes from practice today I that we didn't talk about. I my notes. Um, I think we kind of got we everything. pretty much got everything. Cody McElroy had a drop, and then he stumbled. Two, I think. Yeah, he stumbled and kind of dropped another one. He just yeah. hasn't caught the ball consistently. Not that anybody right. expects him to make it anyway, but. Um, Antonio um, Hamilton had a pass breakup in red zone. Right. He also had a pass breakup the last time we were together, so. That was just something to note that just continues to happen. If you and I are watching, he gets right. nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No, or he does well. I mean, I yeah. guess I thought uh, to talk about the safeties again, uh, just something I noticed. Augie Contressa had a good, he had a good rep in the red zone as well, too, where he was locked in on the tight end and they threw it his way. And he didn't necessarily knock it away, but he was like mm-hmm. in position to make it very uncomfortable for the right. tight end there. And it led to an incomplete pass. And I think safety is just interesting. It's like one of the positions where there there's like a little competition, kind of like with the receivers where mm-hmm. it's set at the front end of it, but there's a little competition for that last spot. So another position where you could take a little interest going into training camp. Right. For sure. No, no question about it. Well, there we go. Uh, that's kind of the recap of day one. I feel like we covered a lot of ground and answered a lot of questions. Sorry if we didn't get to everybody's. Tried to, but um, we had a lot of them today, which was great. Uh, Appreciate the participation by everyone. Tomorrow, Scott and I, voiceless Scott, will be out on the practice field uh, bringing in the information and updating you about everything going on with practice. And then afterward, I don't know who's going to join me for this podcast, but somebody's joining me, either you or Mark. And we're going to, I'm just basically, or maybe it'll just be me. I don't know. We're not sure what'll happen. Uh, Or maybe Scott will miraculously have his voice returned tomorrow. Doubtful. Uh, but we, and we'll be back to give you kind of a recap of everything that goes down in practice tomorrow, uh, as well as update you on participants. Obviously, what's Jalen Darden's you know going to be out? Is he going to be out there? You know, did any of the vets get a break? I could see Brady getting a break tomorrow. We'll see what happens. They're going to have to really make them though. Arian said today he was fighting for more reps, and you know he ended up playing him more than he probably thought he would. And so, um, oh, Scotty, yeah, somebody wants to know about Scotty. Scotty is alive. He was out there today. Didn't, he was out didn't, there. He didn't get a lot of targets. He Obviously, he's a downfield guy, yeah. so on a practice. I think where, Raven Green, like, smacked him aside on a screen pass or something. Like, he was right, trying to block. Yeah, I remember that. 
obviously no pads on. So uh, Scotty's probably not going that hard and he's not that big anyway, but Raven green is going hard out here because he knows he's got to make the team. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, he kind of knocks Scotty's side. We didn't see much other than that though. I didn't see him. Did, I saw him caught a few balls on air. Didn't see him drop anything today. Um, so yeah, yeah, he didn't really have much with seven on sevens and right. 11 on 11. Right. So not a lot to see from him, but good stuff. Always to see Scotty out there. Once they start getting to the vertical passing game sessions, that's when I think yeah, you'll see Scotty starting to make his plays again, for sure. So we're excited to bring you that coverage. It's going to be tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be live as well as Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern. That's when Mark and Matt will be on here, uh, breaking down practice for you on Thursday live and i'll be off the show that day so appreciate everybody jumping in and tuning in excited to bring you more great coverage for the rest of the week on the pewter report podcast out hey mom i know you're watching out